0: I have I have more peace now, I have less worry, and it was eliminating self-limiting beliefs. It was putting to bed things, bad thought patterns. I
1: it, hear this a lot yeah. after cold action
0: and in it, core, knowing that there's more, knowing that you don't have to feel bad for wanting more, for for wanting to become, and it's going to sound cliche, the best version of yourself. But I mean, there's truth to that. If if you can just work at a level that is transcend it from where you are then why don't you do that you just have to shift your mindset you have to shift your your frame of thinking and and not have just these beliefs that you're not good enough or beliefs that that you um, you don't that other people can do it but you can't and and go okay no I can do this I'm just I'm just as smart just as good as anybody else out there I just have to do the thing.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to The Average Suck Show. Super excited about today. We are gonna be taking you on a very, very powerful journey today into the mind of an entrepreneur, someone who had not started as an entrepreneur, that literally became an entrepreneur by accident, that was hidden inside, and what's so cool about the journey with Jonathan Maynard is, he is gonna share how he went from a very, very lucrative career that he had in the IT world, to starting a business, selling a business, starting a business, selling a business, buying a business, getting into the event space, and also he's gonna share with us how he could take any industry out there, no matter what it is, and show you a couple things that you can do to raise your ticket price, increase your profits, and the best part about this, you're gonna get all of this here on the show, and Jonathan is one of the owners of the huge convention, one of the biggest conventions in the world for a billion dollar industry. Who would ever think that the power washing industry was a billion dollar industry? He is a master of fighting opportunity and somebody you absolutely need to hear from as a consultant, some of the bigger companies out there, he's here to help us grow and make your life more effective. Jonathan Maynard, awesome. glad you're here, brother. Glad you're here. So welcome to the Average Sucks show. And I got to tell you what you do, my friend, is so above average. I, I'm thinking I'm walking into the huge convention last year. I'm like, ah, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a convention to be stuff. It was enormous. And oh, yeah. you literally rented out a whole, like an like, like, enormous hotel that Opryland it used to be oh, back yeah? in the day. That place is incredible. Yeah. So I get asked the big question. How does a human being go from being an IT and, and servicing IT from the help desk you said, all the way up to running one of the largest events for the service industry in the world?
0: You know, it's I like you said, it started out as something completely accidental. Um, I was in the IT you know field, and I really when
1: you say IT, what, what do you mean by IT?
0: So at at the time that I exited IT, I was in management. Okay, and you know in what does IT, some, what did somebody do in IT? Um systems servers you know they've got you got two different sides you've got software side that's not me that's not sure. how my brain works and then you've kind of got the hardware the infrastructure the desktop support side of it and that's really where i spent most of my time super great uh, you know problems to have but i really felt that it wasn't gonna make my dreams come true
1: you know so, so what were your dreams when you were there i gotta ask you that so you spent 20 years doing that yeah was that like your like a college degree? Was that something you wanted to do when you were a kid? Did you really like Steve Jobs and wanted to be around computers and touch them? I mean, what what was your like fascination with IT? Because like I, my my dad's an engineer. Like, what made you? I, I got to figure this out. Like, what yes. made you go IT to start with?
0: Well, I think it was really just messing around with computers. So um, I was I was born in seventy seven. Okay, and we got our first family computer well, when birthday? I was probably
1: what's that? What's your birthday? May eighth. Okay, so you're, you're a couple years older than me. A couple yeah. months older than me. Oh, okay. A cool. Months. I'm seventy seven too. Good year. Sweet. It's an yeah. awesome year. Yeah.
0: Um, so, I really, Star you know, Wars
1: came out in 1977, man. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Such a cool show. Such a cool movie.
0: So, we had a uh, our first family computer when I was in like eighth grade, which was not heard of. Like most people didn't get their first family computer until like after we would have graduated high school. What'd you have? Um, we had a Tandy 1000. Okay, I had an and, IBM
1: PC with an RGB monitor. Yeah. In 83. Those were great. great. Great,
0: great little systems, and so I, I would tinker with that, and you know, figure out how it worked, and really got interested in in that side. But I was really more interested in the hardware side, so ended up uh, working for a company that would install networks across the country, travel the country, uh, doing that, and then kind of just move my way through IT throughout the years, working different jobs, and I I always found it you know interesting but unfulfilling, and honestly, at the end, I really didn't like IT. Um, just wasn't a passion anymore. My passion was really just wanting to spend time with my family, wanting to travel, wanting to do the things that I want to do. And I know that a career in IT would not have delivered that. And so I had a crazy idea uh, where I went to a an apple farm and we were picking apples. Literal apples, not computer apples. Computer no. apples. Okay. Actual apple farm. Okay. We we're picking apples and I saw a guy making kettle corn. And at the time I was like, I really loved kettle corn. Don't anymore um, sugar. We'll talk okay. about that later. But there, they had they had this long line of people, and and he's selling this popcorn Gorgeous for like that. twelve dollars a bag. It was at uh, a, a Virginia farm. Okay. And so I just got to thinking. I was like, twelve dollars a bag. This long line. There's got to be something to it. Let me start doing research and found out that he was probably uh, only had a dollar or so per bag of popcorn, $11 in profit. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's a big profit margin. That's something I can do. So I started this kettle corn company just to see about business.
1: Well, let, let, me, let me ask right there, because I got a lot of people watching this that are entrepreneurs, yeah. and a lot of people that want to become entrepreneurs. I got a, you're, you're you're brushing over it, you don't realize it, and, and it's wonderful. So you were in IT. A couple things I wanna ask you to start with, and then we're gonna get back here. When you first got into IT, did people think you were crazy? No. Okay, so it was a normal thing to be in IT back then?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was okay. pretty normal.
1: Got it. And then when you were in IT, yeah. which is pretty normal, you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur, that people yes. think you were crazy. Yes. Okay, got it. Okay, so working for an entrepreneur, not crazy. Becoming an entrepreneur, people think you're crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Too so much for How did you get your brain, let's walk through this process real quick, because this is like, I want to I like dive deep. I, I mm-hmm. sound like you talking processes right now. Yeah. So how did you go from, you're still working in IT, right? You're mm-hmm. still there. How did you go from um, in IT to I'm now considering to doing kettle corn how did you have conversations with the people in your life how did you explain this and how did you mentally flip a switch to go from safety to that I think it was
0: um, just doing the math just okay. looking at it coming up with a business plan and saying can this work what is the investment now kettle corn it was a low investment you know 15,000 bucks and I was you know fully ready to go um, it's a lot different than having, you know, say if I, if I wanted to start an IT company, the investment is much different. You've got a much bigger investment. So with this, it was kind of like dipping my toe in okay. to something I knew that was high profit, low time investment, because I could go do festivals and farmers markets and things like that. So I didn't have to have a, a job. So it wasn't like a, uh, a 40 hour week commitment. And so it was like dipping the toe in to see if this would work.
1: Were you still doing the IT thing?
0: Still doing the IT thing. So
1: were you, I got to ask this question, like, seriously, were you emotionally, like, attached to the idea of kettle corn or to fairs? Like, they were your favorite thing in the world? No. So you literally looked at it logically? Logically. Okay, and I've noticed most businesses are not about passion. I'm hearing more and more about that these days because I don't think like power washing really gets you excited, does it? No. Okay, the ability to help people does. Oh yeah. But So you're telling me that you literally looked at Kettle Corn, no different than someone looking at a franchise, going, the numbers add up. If I can make this work, I can make X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. It wasn't your lifelong dream, it wasn't your passion. Your passion was to be with your family. Yes. Okay, so how did you sell this to your family back then? Yes. How, how'd you sell that? What kind of pitch is that? What did that sound like? You went home to your wife, what'd you say?
0: I said, honey, I've got a crazy
1: idea. Well, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want the reaction, do the pitch, I want to see it.
0: Uh, so is, hey honey. Did she you, know you were thinking about this? Um, a little bit, because she could tell my wheels were turning on okay. the drive back from the, from the uh, apple orchard. Okay. And so I'm digging in and I was just like, man, there's something to this. This guy's got, you know, everywhere you go, there's this long line of people. So people want this. Yep. And it's very inexpensive to produce and you can sell it for a high dollar. Does
1: and, she respond to that? She, is she, she an entrepreneur? Like, no. No. Okay. She's an
0: engineer. Oh my gosh.
1: Two engineers two engineers basically together. Yeah. Okay. So well.
0: It was like, okay, um uh, so I, I said, Hey, um, what would you think about starting a kettle corn business? And she, she was like, I don't know about that. I'm a little I'm way more risk adverse than she is. Really? She's Like, uh, no, I'm sorry. Flip that back. She's She's more risk adverse. She is extremely risk adverse. I'm not. um, And so her first thing was, how much is this going to cost? How much time is this going to take? And I was like, well, let me work on this. And so I started kind of doing the numbers, doing the research. And she said, okay, this looks like that would be something. You know, we could do. We could do it as a family. Yep. Um, So I said, okay, that's great. We could do. You know, set up for the uh, farmers market. So I and you had kids at the time. Three kids. Okay. How old were they at Um, the time? At the time, my son was probably nine. My daughter was seven. Did you have them hustling for you? Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, okay, because you can't
1: say no to a kid. You want kettle corn? Yeah. You want butter corn, right? Handing out samples,
0: going all over the farmer's market doing that. So, or if we were at a festival, they would just take the big sample thing and just go out and just hand out samples and bring people to the booth.
1: What was your first big weekend? How much did the first big weekend, like making sales? Forget about profit. Like what was your first big score in the kettle corn world? The first
0: 5,000 bucks.
1: So you're thinking to yourself, I made five, th- you did what we all do. Said so I made five grand in a day, right? Or on yeah. a weekend, even, yeah, though in it a took, even though it took longer than that and you had to yeah. put money in all that, but you did that thing to yourself. Yeah. So did that, was that like the trigger right there, that five grand?
0: It was. It, it was like, okay,
1: this could be something. Cash? Cash. How'd it feel that night when you were counting all that?
0: It was, it was fun. It was
1: fun. The dining room table, where'd you count it?
0: Yeah, right at the dining room table. With the kids and everything? Oh yeah. Gave them their cut, you know? here's what you did, you know, thank you so much. And and we just, we paid off all the equipment. And then after that, it's 90% profit. How long
1: did you do that business for?
0: We did it for three years and then I sold it. And they're still in business. Still really? popping John's Kettle Corn in Fredericksburg, Virginia.
1: So you literally, did you get did that get you out of the IT business? Almost. Okay.
0: It was, I was still working a regular mm-hmm. nine to five in Monday IT. Monday through Friday. Yep. Sold the business and then... I got bored, and I thought, well, what else can I do? Because I didn't want a job, and the kettle corn business really started turning into a job, okay. I didn't have the foresight at the time to think, oh, you should probably hire people to do it, because I still had the, the the ownership mindset of I can only do this, nobody can do it as good as me, and that's a fallacy. Okay, I mean, it's truth that nobody can do it better than you if, that's, if you're doing a certain thing, but if you can hire people and they do it 80% as good as you, then you turn it over to them.
1: And how did you learn that lesson? Because you were in management. That's a big one for the people watching this to really understand. So, And I challenge with that as well, too. I can't ask anyone to do exactly what I do, but they can do mm-hmm. pieces of it. Mm-hmm. So how did you condition yourself to change that? Because I'm not going to say you lost an opportunity, but the kettle corn thing, you could have stayed. could have had it running right now. You could still own it now if you wanted to. Oh, and You could have had franchises and everything else. It could have yep. been way bigger. When did you adopt that way of thinking? It obviously wasn't then where you allowed yourself to go, even if they're 50% as good as me, I don't have to be there. Mm -hmm. How did you get yourself to do that? Because I saw how big your team was at the huge convention and it's it's massive, you can't be everywhere. You literally were at the right places, the VIP part, the parties, all that stuff. So how did you condition yourself to change that?
0: I think it was the lesson I learned after selling it and then thinking about the next business and going, okay, I don't want a job how do I not have a job?
1: And wow. Can you say that again? I yeah. don't want a what? I don't want a job. Yep. Don't want a job. How do I not have a job? I don't think anybody starts a business that way. They're like, I have a business, I'll do every job, right? Yep. And you're like, I don't want a job. Yep. So you gotta filter up. So you, you sold the business, made a few bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Proud of what you did. What was, let me ask you what was more exciting? The five grand at the table that night or the sell off? The sell off. Was, was more exciting? Yeah. Not more money, more exciting.
0: It was more exciting because I was liberating myself from the job that I had created with the business. Got
1: it. Got it. You still had IT, right? Yes. Okay. So Monday through Friday, IT, weekends, kettle corn. Mm-hmm. After three years, you made enough money to cover, probably you sold it for a good amount, didn't yeah. say made a couple bucks, yeah. and now you got a little chunk of change, we can go invest this somewhere else. Yep. What happened next?
0: i went back and i started looking at different business opportunities i was looking at franchises but the thing that really turned me off from a franchise was you can't pivot you have to sell what they sell you can't make big high level decisions especially if you have a downturn in the market and you have to you really have to pivot and do something else or add another line of service a franchise completely prohibits you from doing that so i was like okay what can i do so i started a maid service i wanted something that was low barrier to entry i Again, not passionate about maid service. What I'm passionate about- You're not passionate
1: about cleaning houses? No. Okay. No,
0: I'm passionate about customer service. Got it. And I saw a real gap in our market where as a homeowner I had called, um, I was trying to get a a house cleaning for my wife's birthday and I called like five providers. Two of them answered the phone, one of them showed up for an estimate and and had to go with them because they're the only people that bothered to show up and I was thinking, is this normal? So I started calling other kinds of service companies for my house. I called a power washing company, 10 companies. Like three people gave me quotes. And and I was like, you know, there's a customer service issue. And I huh. said, I can do this better. And so started the maid service, hired employees from the gate. So I didn't have to, you know, clean houses. I did have to clean a couple houses. You know, you're early on an entrepreneurial journey yeah. and somebody doesn't show up. And you're like, we got to get this job done. So... Um, did that, but I really wanted to have a business where I didn't have to do the physical work of it, and something that was easily sellable. You know, there people always worried about oh, there's too many competitors. If there's a lot of businesses, competitors in your market in a business, that means that there is a market for that business. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. And yes so yes. dive in.
0: If if you want to to open a business and you think you have a novel idea, and and you want to just try it out, you know? people start these companies trying out things that are, there's no market for it, and they have to build the market. Mm. That's so much harder. Just go into a market that, that already exists, that there's already demand
1: for it. And just do better service. Do better service. So you're not competing on price, you're competing on service. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, Math, because you're a process guy. If you charge the same as someone else, And they only get back to seven, because I got a guy right now with a dryer getting fixed, a washer that needs to get fixed, one little part, and they're not getting back to me right now. Mm -hmm. I know who to call and he'll get back to me, so there won't be a problem. But my question is, if you're in a market where seven out of 10 do not get back to people, but you're in a market where you get back to people 10 out of 10, you will win every time. Every time. So it's not about having a better product, it's having a competitive product, but better service. Yes. Okay. How did you realize that? And how did you come across it? Because that's just common sense now that I think about it. But I get a lot of people that ask me all the time, how do you compete on price? And I would said, you can't, but you can compete on on service. Mm -hmm. I think it's just my
0: bad experiences. And just the light bulb went off and said, I can do this better.
1: Wow. Okay, and then so you got into this. You looked at the service. You had your made made business going. How long did that last? What was the name of it?
0: Uh, it red Door Cleaning. Okay, and you so you not do
1: blue doors, or purple doors, or orange doors, or green just, doors. Just red. Just, okay, got it. I yeah. like it. So it was a, it was a it's psychological
0: thing. So, um, if if you have a color in an object, people easily relate it. Yes. like they can think of yes. it. And a red door signifies. Security back in the day, like in the 1600s, churches would paint their doors red, so oh, really? people knew it was a safe haven. Okay, and there's this kind of this subconscious. In Scotland, once you pay off your house, you pay the paint the door red. Oh, it's fantastic. So it's a subconscious thing, and and also the the object and the color, which is helpful. And I didn't want to just be. Maynard's pressure washing or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know pristine or excellent exterior you know something everybody's got that that name I wanted to be something different that people could remember
1: right doors easy yeah I'm gonna continue to remember that
0: and so um, started the maid service and then I was doing the walkthrough on the property where I was leasing the office space and the guy said hey do you know anybody that does power washing I need my sidewalks power washed and I was like no but um, let me ask you some questions I said how much do you typically pay for the sidewalks to be pressure washed here and he's like $2500 or something like that and I looked at it and I was like ding 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 this would take me like 3 hours. Okay. And so at that point I was like this is something.
1: What's the square footage you think of what, what he was 2500 bucks?
0: It it was uh probably 100 100- feet of um, sidewalk by by four so probably 400 square feet
1: oh my god so a house you're doing inside you're cleaning about 1500 2000 3000 square foot house for a couple hundred bucks yeah versus the same amount of work outside same amount of time for 10 times the money yeah so you stumbled across that stumbled across. you put that guy there that's what i always said you were looking for the next opportunity yeah wow so you got the red door service still in it at that point i was still in it okay you went home to your wife, yep. and you had to talk to a pressure washing now. Tell me that conversation, because I want to hear this. I got uh, a lot of people that I to explain things to the husbands and wives. Yeah, so it, again, no I No one think, ever asked you to do this ever, have they? No, no. It's fascinating, and isn't it?
0: It? It's, it, was a, it was a good conversation, because she saw what I did with, with the Kettle Corn Company, and she's like, you can make it work. And she so, you, great. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, well, let's just give this a go, and so I started Red Door Pro Wash, which was the um, pressure washing company, and the the sidewalks went great got paid on that and then uh, i had a realtor friend and i said hey do you have a house i could wash for free um i just i'm getting into this it you know i'd love to to do that service for and he's like sure thing and washed this house and hated it i did it myself and i was like this is the worst thing ever and then that thing clicked again it said you're not going to do the pressure washing hire somebody so hired a technician and then i was out doing sales I was also working the IT job, which is not the smart way to do it, but I also had golden handcuffs. I got paid really well to be in IT. Got it. And so,
1: so it was a venture capitalist for your business. Yeah. The IT company was your VC. Yep. Okay. It's a great way to look at it. A lot of people want to quit their jobs to start at being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I always tell everyone, do not quit your job. It's your venture capital. Use it to go to seminars. Use it to go to events. Use yeah. it to start your business. Use it to get rich. Yeah. I will tell you, if people kept their job making, you know, 100, 200,000 bucks a year, whatever it is, and they applied that to their business, 10, 20, 30% of their money, mm-hmm. they could have a great business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so you have IT. You got this going. So you got Red Door still, and Red Door now just expanded. Yes. Okay, so keep going now. you got pressure. i see seen the brain, the brain churning, and it's the same square footage. Mm-hmm. That's a good question to ask is, like, how can I make more on the same amount of time? Yes. So now you got this thing over here, but mm-hmm. you're doing neither of them. No.
0: No, I, and I have an office manager that's running both companies. So she's dealing with the maids, dealing with the customers, and okay. then I've got two technicians. I'm doing the sales, and it's really just my network. I just put it out there um, to people that I knew. Hazel, what city was the doing? Fredericksburg, Virginia. Okay. So not a huge one. We're okay. about an hour south of DC.
1: Oh, very good. Okay. I know exactly where it is.
0: So a lot of government and so I just put it out to my network and then started doing some, you know, Facebook ads and Google ads and, and flyers and things and, and it just took off.
1: Wow. So then that happened and then so okay. So did you attend an event on on pressure washing? Yes. Yeah, so okay. I, so what, what, what I know I don't I, I don't know the story. I'm just yeah. I'm guessing. So yeah. So you're doing good. Mm-hmm. What made you want to do better? Because I just got to ask that. Because you get a good life at that point. You're making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You got a business, and now your job is better because now you get better write-offs. You go back in and take your uh, W two and you adjust your your um, your percentages on everything, right? Because you got mm-hmm. a business to write off a lot of that, right? You're running yeah. running the money through the business. Yep. Uh, so everything's moving in your favor. Taxes are better. Business is better. You're making money. Put money away for your kids. You got your kids in an entrepreneurial endeavor, hiring them to work the business. Mm-hmm. What made you want to do better?
0: I think it was seeing other people do better.
1: Who, who, who'd you see?
0: There were people at at a, at a convention. Like I went to a, a small convention. This is the first in, event you ever went to? First I event. I thought of like church stuff? Like, yeah. Okay. And it was, it was mind-blowing. What was the name of the event? Um, I, it was an... An organizational like, uh, I think it was the UAMCC or something like that. that. It's like a big old name, United Association of Mobile Contract Cleaners. <laughs> I think I there's every,
1: there's every, like, I would have never thought I'd speak at a 2,000 plus person event that was going to have power washing. I would never yeah. thought that a millionaire. So you went to the mobile service convention,
0: yep. Okay, so went there and that's awesome. And then mobile um, dog cleaning, yeah, yeah, it's a thing, yep and went there, got educated in the process, like the technical side of it. Was it a speaker there or something? Uh, or? There were many speakers and then a lot of classes. Okay, which and which
1: moments stuck out to you? And the reason I like this is I'm one uh, of these people that's really big into the conduit, like what makes people do things. Like I remember mm-hmm. when we first met, like I remember where you were at, what was going on. I remember being yeah. in that room when we met in, uh, was Texas, right? We yeah. met in Texas at Nicholas's event. Mm-hmm. And what was so interesting was, um, what was the speaker of the moment that really drove home this, this Pat Clark okay so talking yep. to, let, let's give Pat, Pat some kudos right now
0: yeah so Pat Pat's amazing we're still really great okay. friends he he was talking about how to turn your business into a sales machine okay and was that the name of his speech probably uh, probably okay and I'm um, picking your brain
1: so yeah. I don't have to see the event Pat thanks Pat
0: yep so he um, he spoke on that he he talked about how he grew up in a trailer park okay and now has a pressure washing company that was doing you know Two or three million dollars a year, wow. and so he he had everything kind of dialed in and figured out. So I thought from the outside, after getting to know him, realize you know just it's your typical entrepreneurial stuff. Nobody yep. has everything figured no, out. No and I asked him, I said, "Pat, will, will you mentor me?" And he was like, "Nobody's ever asked me that, but sure." Now today he mentors a ton of people. What, what does
1: that mean, mentor you? Like I know what the word means. Like what was your expectations of that? My expectation was because picture like Yoda and Obi wan Kenobi yeah, mentoring.
0: Show me the way. Okay. Um, you know, help me avoid the same mistakes that you made. And so really just got to know him and his family. And um he had a, a small event at the time. It's actually really nice. Tommy's actually speaking at okay. it called Sales Boost. And he helps people turn their businesses into sales machines.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what well, like what stuck out in that that you applied right away?
0: um and some of it was really tactical sales stuff like here's you know when you go to a house quote everything and i'd never thought about that before people go oh i need my house washed and you know i'd go out there look at square footage and go okay that's 700 dollars. not thinking well what about your gutters what about your roof what about your and and all these things so you just quote everything and then give them discounts and he kind of had this formula for it and i was like that's ingenious
1: so you quote everything so then you can connect it all together and mm-hmm. then it's a great deal altogether. Yep. But if not, at least they take one thing. Yeah. But if you quote one thing, they could take nothing.
0: Yeah. Cause if you, if you give people a choice, people want a choice. Yep. So if you give them one price, they're going to choose between you and another company. But if you give them three prices, now you've given them three choices. They feel like they're still in control and they look at it and go, well, I'll take the middle one. And you always, Position it so where they choose the middle one.
1: Got it. So you'd give them like basically platinum, gold, and silver yep. in the old days, but you'd give them the your entire house. What's well, interesting because the guy that did our painting on our house uh, on the outside. He also, I offer. He asked me about doing the what do you call it, like like. Putty, what do you call when you like flatten all the sides out? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. When you make everything here in Arizona, like if your house is more than 15 years old, you don't have the flat sides. So we'd come Mm -hmm. out and do it. And the number that he gave me was astronomical. And I'm thinking I'm not going to be here forever. It doesn't matter. I don't need it that much. And he didn't give me the secondary number, so I used nothing. And I just called the other guy to take the part I wanted. Mm -hmm. So if this guy would have given me three options, I would have hired him because he was there. Because I don't want to waste extra time. Yeah, it's fascinating. Great advice. Yeah. So thank you, Mr. Clark, for channeling you through me yeah. and we, we we made it happen so he covered that with you that how, how did that impact your sales
0: it's tremendous we actually went up uh the the following i guess three months after that we had like a 50 percent increase in sales conversion rate was was much better and so i was like okay this guy's on to something and i wouldn't be where i am today if it wasn't for him and i i've probably been on countless podcasts where i literally say that because he is just such a cool humble dude and just gives good advice.
1: It's fantastic, especially he you knows his industry real well. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go adopt that right now to yeah. teach other people that as well. That's fantastic. Give Mr. Clark the, uh, the credit for it. So yeah. you go to the event, you get fired up. So you decide you're going to do this, which I'm really excited about. You still got the IT thing going. Mm-hmm. You still got the red door. Yep. You're doing all that stuff. What was next?
0: So... Um, I started exiting myself out of the IT world. How did you have
1: that conversation with your wife? It's like, hey, we got all this money coming in, all the safety and security, and you're risk averse. Tell me that conversation, because that was not easy, was it? That was
0: that was several conversations. Okay. And I, the the initial one was, are you serious? This, I mean, our insurance was through my company, everything. And so I said, well. Sometimes you just have to jump off a cliff and build the airplane on the way down. Okay. And she was like. And she's
1: an engineer and she's like, that's not possible. She's like, that's not going to happen. That's the stupidest idea. Thank yeah. you for the metaphor, Zig Ziglar. That's not going to happen. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I said, well, maybe I can exit slowly. You know. Did you and talk to
1: your employer about that? Talk to the
0: employer. How'd they take and, that? Because they were you, 20 um, years, they loved you. It, it was different. I had only been with this company for like five. Okay. So I. I just had a candid conversation and said, "Look, um, first of all, you don't need me as much as you think you do. Um, there's fractional companies out there that can handle some of the things that I okay. handle. You can, you know, give some of my responsibilities to other people on the team. And did you offer to take less money? Yep, less money, and I basically took forty um, percent less money and and then half the time. Okay, and so did they take it part time. They loved it. Okay." Because it was saving them a pretty good chunk, and I said, "Look, your your service level is not going to go down." I had some reassurances for them that everything's going to be okay, and so did that. And then eventually, just finally said, "Okay, I, I'll be a contractor." And then spent I think six months being a contractor, and then eventually said, "I'm this is not even worth my time or money."
1: So you're super honest. You went in, you told them what was going on, and yeah. they supported you. Yes, Were they to "See you go." Yes. Okay. Are any of them your clients now?
0: Um. Actually, a couple. Isn't that a crazy? Of, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's crazy how that works. Anyone follow in your footsteps?
0: Um. I, they probably have a, a guy that, that kind of came up through the ranks okay. to handle it.
1: No, I mean, did anyone leave and become an entrepreneur from there?
0: One person. Really? Tell yeah, me, James Rutherford. What happened
1: there? Because um, we inspire people. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, James uh, owns a company now called Little Green Garden. Okay. And they- Did sub- you mentor him? Indirectly, indirectly, indirectly. and we would meet for lunch once a month. So a little bit of mentorship. Yeah, you mentored him.
1: And never thought about that, did you? No, I didn't.
0: I was just thinking. You know, he would just. I want to pick your brain. Yeah. And I'll buy your lunch, pick your brain. That's what you do, Mr. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he he just got the bug. He said, if if you can do it, I can do it. Um, Let's just you know, let's roll. And so I left, and then he left, probably three or four months behind me, and um, started this company. And they provide microgreens to restaurants and farmers markets and Service. stuff like that. So, yeah,
1: I love it. So you leave, so you still got you leave the company. You're doing Red Door full time. Mm-hmm. You're still not in the seminar business yet.
0: No, and we were actually an attendee. That was that's what's funny is in 2018, okay. 2019, and 20. 20 they had a virtual event but attended the huge convention just as just as a business owner learned a ton 2020 happened um in 2019 and 2020 actually spoke at the event okay and then about your success story and how you did it and
1: the service and all that stuff yeah okay and then
0: um after that uh it was 2021 january 21 and at this point i'm friends with uh, a couple of guys that are really um into the mergers acquisition space, they've, they've got their head around things, turnarounds, and and he uh, sends me a message and he goes, hey, would you like to buy the huge convention with us? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, is it for sale? And he's like, yes, we've worked a deal, and it's for sale. And I said, I'm in, I'm in. You didn't have to think about it? No.
1: Okay, what did you see as the value there?
0: Um, Helping people again—it's it—it was about service helping and helping people. people. Service, yeah.
1: Okay, you love the event when you were at the first time.
0: Oh yeah, terrific event.
1: Yeah, I mean it's great people. Like, My God, the greatest salt of the earth, mm-hmm. amazing human beings. Everybody's kind and nice, and and yeah. they care, and they grow, and they get the great teams and everything, which is really mm-hmm. cool. that it's not just the event where you show up with your yourself. It's like you bring your team, and your mm-hmm. team grows together, which I love that you guys have cultivated that. Yeah. So you made the decision. You told your wife. Now I'm buying a seminar business. Okay. Right. No problem. No problem. At that point, so so three three wins, and then you get a yes, Yes. correct? Yep. Okay. So uh, what what's that transition been like? Because now now you do you still have Red Door? Yes. Okay. So you still got your product to the product. Mm -hmm. You still got Red Door. It's Mm -hmm. it's continually growing. Yes, I've
0: got a I've got a guy that runs it.
1: Okay, you don't do much there.
0: An hour a week.
1: Okay, you have an hour a week. Great service company, and you spend most of your time doing what now?
0: Uh, consulting, actually. Okay. Um, I do a lot of process consulting for people. Um, Eos and Service industry. So, mostly the service industry. Okay. And just teaching them how to get unstuck because there's there's a couple points where you get stuck in a service business. Generally, it's around a million dollars, and then you get stuck again in five to seven million. And so um, I've been helping people get unstuck from a million, and now I've, I'm starting to help people get unstuck from that five to seven million.
1: Got it. And then, what kind of what kind of results, time wise, are you getting that for people?
0: Um, generally, within the first year, um, we can take a company that's doing five to seven million and transition them to a 15, $20 million dollar company in twenty four months.
1: Got it. And you're finding a lot of these people at the huge convention?
0: No, it, through the net, through my network. through your network. So mm-hmm. the
1: huge convention is a chance to service and help people, but also yeah. expand your network. Yes. Chance to hang out with people you love hanging out with, mm-hmm. and to be able to be in the industry and get back to the industry that gave you a lot of the life you have today.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Got it. So 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 let me ask you this. We meet at, you go to a lot of events and stuff. We met at a mastermind mm-hmm. and um, what were you there for? Like I know that we met, like I know you were there. Do you just go to a lot of events? Do you wanna connect? Like what were you what were you looking for? And the reason I asked that question is a lot of people watching this right now, they get their life together. I got a lot of students that do very, very well and mm-hmm. some that are just looking to get started. What makes you look and seek out events and information? You've been through our classes and stuff, like what makes you seek out? Like I always want to get in the brain of somebody. Like I'm asking almost my own research project, like what makes a human being that's doing well, want more or want to learn more? I think it's... What's that question in your head?
0: Yeah, it's, it's an insatiable desire to learn because there's so much out there that I don't know about and every time I go to an event, I find out something new. I find out a new way of thinking or a new way of doing business and it's invaluable. Because then I can take that and then apply it to what I'm already doing and level up those different areas
1: and you apply quick because i think you go with the idea of how do i apply this not what can i learn it's like Mm -hmm. what can i take and apply because i remember when we first met i remember exactly where you're sitting i'm here you're sitting at the table right there you asked me a question i was going around the room going like hey you know let me re reposition your business for you do you remember that and it was like we went person after person after person and i remember what you said to me i'm like never say that again and then we reset it but what was crazy was i think you got back to us like you did what i shared like the next day or the next week, oh, yeah. it impacted your business. Oh yeah. So how did you get yourself to just like change that pattern you had and just reuse different language?
0: Um, um if you look at like the Colby personality test on yep. a quick start. Okay, me too. And so I think that's a benefit, but it's also knowing that what can it hurt? Is just try try different things. You can test different things. And so I tested um, the advice that you given in one line of our business. Yeah. And I was like, let's see how just the messaging, just tweaking the messaging, let's see how this changes things. And our, uh, our close rate actually went up by a few percentage points, which is huge. And, and so I was like, okay, hang on. Mm-hmm. We're onto something here. And so I took and said, okay, how can I now apply this to all lines of my business? And just took what kind of the framework that you gave, and then after doing um, your call to action, it really got my framework itself. And I was like, okay, let's let's start applying this, you know, into the business and. Boom! It's like rocket fuel.
1: What 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 added call to action to that? And the reason I ask that question is because the two different things. One is sales and influence and in marketing. The other one is is I guess sales and marketing on yourself. And that's why I look at call to action. What was it the call to action that triggered for you? Because a lot of times people say, "Well, I took call to action. How to take action? I'm already busy. I'm already doing things." What triggered you there? Like, what was the mindset wise? Like that really? Because you could easily say, "Ah, oh, you know, I got a business. I'm doing millions of dollars. We're successful. I got this big mm-hmm. convention. What do I need to be more effective or better?" Like, what 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 came out of that for you? For that,
0: one was confidence.
1: And- how, how could you say confidence when you literally, I want to make sure the framing on this correctly, because mm-hmm. you didn't lack confidence, correct?
0: Not really.
1: Because you left a job that was paying you really well. You started three businesses. You hustled your kids to sell kettle corn. Mm-hmm. You bought a pressure washer in a day and didn't even know the cost of it. And then told somebody you could do something you didn't have to do. You had confidence. What do you mean by confidence? And the reason I asked that question is you've mentioned that to me once before. I didn't know if you were going to bring it up today, and I'm glad you did. Yet the thing about confidence, like what do you mean? Because some people say confidence, and they're like, oh, you know, he's a confident person. I, th- I would consider you a very confident man to start with. What do you mean by confidence when you say approach confidence?
0: What you see is external confidence. And that's a role that I play in order to, you know, you know, be a business person or be a great leader for a company. It's like putting on a shirt. Yeah. But the confidence that really came out of that was an internal confidence. And it was eliminating self-limiting beliefs. It was putting to bed things, bad thought patterns and, and realizing that. If, if I'm only doing my average things, and if I don't level myself up, then I'm not gonna achieve the things that I need to achieve. So for me, it was an internal thing. It, it really solidified internally the things that I should be thinking about, the things that, that drive me internally. And so wow. it's, it's not, you can't, because you can't hide from yourself. You can't put up a, a mask and fool yourself. When you're alone by yourself. Yeah.
1: But to other people you can. Oh yeah. You bullshit anybody. Absolutely. But not yourself. Yep. So you were getting through life, not BSing others, but not BSing you. Yeah. Not bad BS. Like not, you were you were put BS. on the show. You were yeah. you were doing what we all do. Playing a part, Playing a part. Businessman, successful, happy, but then behind the scenes, you could have been doing more if you were playing at a different level. How has that impacted you moving forward? Like, what did that do? And then I want to hear about like the event and stuff, what your plans are for 2023. I'm excited to be there again, which I'm super excited about. So how is that projected outwardly in your companies, as well as this role you have as a consultant and a entrepreneur, you know, somebody that teaches entrepreneurs, you got that amazing mastermind, totally high level mastermind, as well as that incredible huge convention. How is that parlayed into that? How do you see it? Weekly, daily, monthly, yearly.
0: I have I have more peace now. I have less worry, and I really can't explain that other than that's
1: what everybody's after. If you could explain it, we're going to make a new product. Yeah, yeah.
0: I. I
1: it, hear this a lot. It, yeah, after call to action and, and
0: in it, core, and it really, it just solidified things in me to know that it's possible, and and I think that just knowing that there's something else out there is what made that possible internally for me knowing that there's more knowing that you don't have to feel bad for wanting more for for wanting to become and it's going to sound cliche the best version of yourself but i mean there's truth to that if if you can just work at a level that is transcendent from where you are then why don't you do that you just have to shift your mindset you have to shift your your frame of thinking and and not have just these beliefs that you're not good enough, or beliefs that that you um, you don't that other people can do it, but you can't. And and to go, okay, no, I can do this. I'm just I'm just as smart, just as good as anybody else out there. I just have to do the thing.
1: Wow. So you, it's no different than the way you applied and looked at the kettle corn guy. You're like, I just have to do what he did. I don't have to be him. I just have to do the thing and buy the popcorn from this place, book the fair, get the truck, and do it. You applied that same principle to your life this time, not just to your business. Yeah. So you were doing it all along for everyone else. You were not doing it fully for you. No. Which is, that's the okay. case. Because when I saw you speak at Huge and I saw you get up there and share, I'm like, dude, this guy's confidence has grown massively. You should be proud of that the decision that you made for yourself to allow yourself to play at that level, which is enormous that you're playing mm-hmm. bigger. I can't imagine how incredible you're going to be this year at the event. So, so let, let's talk, let's, let's switch to consulting right now. Let's just say we had a, got a camera here, but we had a client here. They're in the service business. They've been, um, and I have a lot of clients that are in all kinds of businesses, the martial arts. I've got people in the service mm-hmm. business. We've got doctors, we've got lawyers. Everyone is servicing people. Yeah. If you and I were to dissect, we've got like an extort here. We got this client here and they've been in business for, let's just, say, I'm going to put you on the spot. Three years, Mm -hmm. they're doing $850,000 a year in sales, doing pretty well, better than most. They've got a service business where they service people. You can fill in the blank, whatever they do. Um, They water plants. Okay. that's We can see a plant right there. They water plants. What would you have this person do? What is a something that we could literally tell them that they may not be thinking that one or two things that you could tell somebody right now that would be like, game changer for their service business that you have found over the years that wouldn't be giving away all your secrets.
0: Sure, so the first thing, we have to look at your people. Okay. Okay. Um, culture plays a giant role in how profitable your business They've is. They've got
1: four people that are, four people that are driving door to door in their green trucks and their watering plants.
0: Okay, so I wanna know what the culture is like. I wanna know, do they love working there? Um, I want to know if um, if they're upselling their customers because if a if, if a if an employee is happy and they love their company, they're going to want to see that company grow, okay. and so they're going to be out there and um, wanting to sell more for the company. So besides watering your, you know, hey why don't we start watering their interior plants? Who loves watering their interior plants? Nobody. Maybe we could do that as a service for us or, you know, or instead of just doing their exterior plants, so what are things that we can do to help sell more things? sales opportunity? Yeah. Provide more value to your current existing clients. Okay. And, and so you want to do that. And then the second thing, and that's, you do that by, you know, raising your average ticket. Yep. And then the, the next thing is how can we, reduce expenses? What are things that we're spending money on that we don't need to spend money on? And so those are the first two kind of levers I would pull.
1: Got it. So first thing we do is stop wasting and number two is we stop losing. Yeah. And those are things we're doing already. No one has to work any harder. They just need to do that. Got it. So how do you condition somebody who's got service people that they don't think they're salespeople, even though you and I both know they're salespeople. Mm-hmm. How do we convert somebody to that? Like, what would you do? I know what I would do, but what would, what would you do? So again, I got the plant company mm-hmm. or, or chip at one point had a paint company. They would knock door to door and he's got a few people. How many people were in the paint company back in the day? Two to, 10. two to 10. Okay. So we got two to 10 people in the paint company. Um, they're not, they're just knocking on doors, doing the thing you would teach mm-hmm. uh, offering free room. Do you know the deal? Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? We we'll do one free room. If you like it, pay us if not. We won't. Um, how do we get those guys that think they're painters to become additional salespeople?
0: You just gamify it. You gamify Talk to me have, about that. Talk to okay. me about gamifying. So make a leaderboard. Okay. And you're going to, um, that. you want the number of upsells that they do, and then to the dollar value of upsells that they can do. Okay. And essentially you just have, imagine like a Call of Duty screen, mm-hmm. and it's got everybody's name on it, and every morning you're talking about that when you're doing the standup. You know, hey, Miguel, Miguel sold two extra jobs yesterday for an extra $1,500. Got it. And then you incentivize them to do that. So you've got the leaderboard, and then Friday you, you're gonna have a cash prize. So uh, in like the soft wash company, we do an extra $100 cash for the most upsells and the uh, highest dollar. Do in they
1: consider themselves salespeople or washers? No, what technicians. Technicians. Mm-hmm. But they're your salespeople. Oh yeah. So we're, are we telling them they're salespeople or are they helping with the company?
0: No. What they're doing is they're helping customers solve their problem. Okay. It, so we're not... This we is don't very, even, very helpful. We right don't now. even think about it. We don't use the word sales or sell. Service. It's like you want to help Miss Jones solve a problem. Do you Ms. know where the word
1: sale came from? Hmm. No. It's a Norse word, "sale," which means to serve. That fascinating? Which is your life. Awesome. It's hidden. So "sale" is to serve, Yeah. which is what you're doing. And fascinating
0: it is that is very fascinating yeah. so yeah we just we solve a problem miss jones i notice your gutters are full of leaves and you know the reason you want to clean those out is because when they're full water backs up into your fascia it's going to cause a lot of damage so we can get that taken care of for you right now it's going to be you know 300 or whatever it is and she goes really and and we have this saying, um, and I got this from somebody else. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. But it's when you look at him and go, "Hey, Miss Jones, um, I, I want to, you know, take off, you know, my my sales hat and put on my technician hat, especially if you have in-person salespeople. And I want to put on my technician hat and talk to you about this. And and so when they're there, they're the expert. They're a technician. Miss Jones trusts them. They've already made her house look beautiful. Yep. And so they they have a little bit of rapport with her already Mm -hmm. and if they just go miss jones you know i could take care of this and if if we don't take care of it just make sure somebody does and don't do it yourself because you don't want to get on a ladder and fall off and And then
1: she's like oh here's 300 bucks
0: yeah no problem please take care of that for me
1: so we need to teach we need to sell service so when you're hiring you want people that want to serve yes in any job yes in any business Service-minded people, in anything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, that's and, interesting.
0: And that, and going back to the people thing, a lot of times when I'm doing consulting is looking at you know what are your core values, and everybody kind of rolls their eyes when they think about companies' core values because generally
1: they're a bunch of random words on know, a wall.
0: Exactly. They're not really the heartbeat of the company, and so you have to find out what your core values are, crystallize those, and then. The people that are in your company have to personify those core values.
1: So, do you think the the core values are based on what makes the company work, or what you'd like them to be?
0: Uh, it has to be what makes the company work. Interesting, because everybody's going to have a philosophical or an ideal. You know, this is you know integrity and care.
1: I like results at any cost. I like things like that, like like results and things yeah. like. The reason I'd say that is it's based on how you operate and then you Mm -hmm. attract more like yourself. Yes. So if you attract service, like our number one thing, I have a buddy that runs a gym and he's a unicorn of a gym, multi-million dollar gym in Connecticut. And his whole thing is ensuring the customer has the best quality experience. So by having that, as a mission statement literally which toilet paper do we get whatever is going to give them the best experience with a butt wiped that is literally what we're going to buy does that make sense oh, yeah. now if it's going to cost the company 10 million dollars to buy that and we're going to lose out in business then we don't buy it but it's whatever gives the customer the best quality experience so he built it all off um direct people that tell the truth at all costs and he, he built his business on that. So they're direct. Someone says, "Well, am I doing? The squat right? No, you're not. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then they know when they go in, you are going to get a badass trainer, but they charge two, three thousand bucks a month for training where other people charge, you know, 300 bucks mm-hmm. because they know that trainer is a killer. Yeah. So that's the same thing you're teaching.
0: Absolutely. He doesn't teach
1: that. He just does that. Yeah. So you take things that work really well that people do and you reapply them. Yes. I love it. Any advice you'd give to anybody in the service industry? Because I'm going to pick your brain because I'm in the service industry and I'd love to know. Yeah, I... You have three different.
0: I, I, they're my three Ps. It's you know people, profit, and processes. Okay. So your people, we covered that. Making sure your core values are lined up. Making sure you have the you know the right people on the bus, and making sure that the the people that are not the right people they're off the bus, and making sure everybody's in the right seat. I think I want to give credit to whoever wrote that, but um, doesn't come to the my mind. bus driver. Yeah. yeah. And so you want to make sure that you it's got the right. It's good to great. People. I believe It was yeah. good to great. Yeah, it was good yeah. to great, and. And so once you do that and you get the right culture going, that's gonna solve a lot of problems. And then you've got processes. Most people don't have a process for things. They just kind of have a way we've always done it or or something like that. Something that works kind of. Yeah, and it makes it hard to train new people. It's hard to delegate when you're the owner if you don't have things lined out and know what your processes are. And they're documented and well-documented. And then the last thing's profit, because you know cash flow is great, but at the end of the day, if you have a, a multi-million dollar business, or I can't tell you how many million dollar businesses that I find that that they don't make any profit, or very little, and it's like, no, you just have a really weird hobby.
1: Yeah, and it's not like they're avoiding taxes, like they're not profitable.
0: Yeah, and, at all. and, and you can't not be profitable because you have to put money back into your Into company. the business, exactly. And and so, if we can kind of hone out those three different areas, and figure out the fixes for those, any and then making sure, um, EOS talks about a visionary and an integrator, and just making sure you have a good integrator. There's not a lack of visionaries, there's a lack of integrators. And these are people that love making the buses run on time. They, they get up and they're excited about implementing somebody else's process or implementing somebody else's dream.
1: Do you think there's a lack of them or they're hard to find? Or do you think it's that we don't know what to look for?
0: Hard to find. Gina Wickman says that uh, 5% of the population are integrators. That's it.
1: And what percentage are visionaries?
0: Uh, Probably like 15%.
1: Got it. And who are the other people? The workers. They're great people. Yeah, great people. We need them.
0: And there's nothing wrong with it. My wife is a worker. She's an engineer. She has no desire to ever start her own business. She loves working for somebody else
1: interesting i was reading this uh j paul getty book uh, how to be rich have you read that no i have it upstairs and it's fascinating it says there's four types of people there's people that need to work for someone else and just want to be told what to do all day long and then there's people that that are really cool with managing other people like that. Then there's people that help people run companies. There's your integrator. And then there's mm-hmm. people that refuse and have no ability to work for other people. Yep. Um, I'm the last one. Yeah, I, have, I have no, I can't do it at all. Do you yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. And every one of those are highly, have high opportunity to do very, very well and serve. Yeah. So what I've been telling people lately is I think we're all entrepreneurs. If we look at our life as an entrepreneur and we help an entrepreneur build their company, we're being an entrepreneur and we're investing our time, energy and money helping run the company. So mm-hmm. it, I, it's fascinating. Fascinating yeah. how that works so so tell me what what's exciting um this year with the mastermind with the huge event and then i also want to throw out there for every, anyone watching this right now that wants to find you for consulting i'd love to make certain that they know how to reach out to you and find sure. you by the end so we'll make certain we'll put that on here as well so yeah. so what's what's going on with the huge event this year
0: i am so excited about right, t- it. T- t- tell me about yeah.
1: it I'm, I'm excited too i'll be oh, there yeah. and i'm excited tell me about it
0: yeah so uh, again we're going to be at the opera land in nashville me- it is Met- a giant metropolis
1: yes yeah
0: four atriums. I don't know if you got to walk through all the atriums and things like that. You tried the steakhouse there? Oh, yeah. That place is incredible. Oh, it was so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we're gonna have we have two keynotes. It's gonna be uh, you on the first day. Awesome. And we've got a guy, Kyle Sheely, on the okay. second day. Um, he's an idea guy. He's like, how can you extract ideas out of yourself and also out of your company? Uh, he had like a fake, uh, no, a Viking funeral and then a fake marathon. Um, it's crazy. He's got a crazy story. Wow. So, We've got that. And then we've got uh, like 25 breakout speakers that are speaking on a multitude of different topics. And I'm super excited about this because there's a lot of people that are just there in the industry and they're just bringing what they've learned in a great format. And so we've got that, and then we've got a trade show that is absolutely giant. I think
1: so. that's enormous. Like, and, and the quality of booths that you have in that is amazing. Yeah. So what would people expect after they, they show up? And I'd love it if anyone can be there. What are the dates?
0: Uh, it is August 20... 20- 3rd through the 25th in Nashville in Nashville How do we find out about it? Thehugeconvention.com
1: Okay, hugeconvention.com. Yep. So anyone in the service industry, do you believe anybody almost any business would benefit? Any from?
0: business. you know, I will be there, so you
1: guys you guys come out and see me. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've been consulting for a lot of different types of businesses okay. and they all really function the same way. Unless you were manufacturing a widget, but even then they're kind of the same. Okay. You're just you have people and you got processes and all businesses generally work the same. so you people can process t- profit. Yeah. And so you can take sales and marketing advice and, and apply it. Or you can take leadership and personal development advice and apply it. And I'll tell you, it's always good to get around people that are not in your industry because yep. you're going to get ideas. And you go, I can't, I can't believe that, that they do it that way. That's
1: ingenious. I just even like what thing you said to me earlier, which I never thought about square footage, to look at things as square footage. Can I get paid for the same amount of time and, and smaller amount of square footage? Can I get paid more? Yeah. If we look at things as square footage, like if I'm going to walk 10 feet, how do I get paid more for walking 10 feet? Yeah. That was fascinating. From I would have never looked at my life as square footage, but that's a very great way to look at it. So um, website again?
0: com.
1: Definitely check it out. Uh, go to the site. Um, uh, definitely get yourself a ticket, different kind of tickets or...
0: Uh, we've got a, an attendee ticket, 189 okay. bucks. That's nothing. It's nothing. That's uh, a tank and a half a guess. Yeah. We've got yeah. a VIP one that's still sub 1000 bucks. Okay. What and, happens at the VIP? Oh, so you get uh, you get seated up front, Okay. which is good, especially during our general session. You get a couple thousand people in there. You don't want to be at the back of the room. Yep. So you get that. We've got a special room that has coffee and beverages all day. Um, you have a VIP lunch okay. on Thursday. It's it's going to be a great experience. And you get extra swag that other people don't oh, get. Oh,
1: very cool. So you get a, you go all in. It's tax write-off anyways.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's still under $1,000. It's nothing. We have countless You're stories. not charging
1: enough for what, what somebody gets out of that. because I know. I, I've met people that went to the event last year, people that we've had a chance to work with as well, that picked up two things they told me, mm-hmm. and they brought a $50,000 in business in the next three months Yeah, just off one of the breakout sessions in a room of 25 people. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. So, I mean, I can't promise I'm only 25 in the breakout session, but this one was, and this guy literally kept on asking questions. Wrote it down, applied it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's tremendous value that you get there.
1: I love it. I'll be sharing some brand new stuff too that I'm going to be covering as well with these guys. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So super exciting about that. And then your mastermind, is that you have to go to the huge event, huge convention first or No,
0: no. So it's, it's kind of open. We're actually going to do a visitor's day um, on Wednesday prior to the conference. Okay. So they can find out about that. Yeah. And it's going to be 150 people or so. And really what we're doing is we're just going to run through some of the thinking tools. Hmm. And so you can walk away with massive value. It's like 500 bucks to do that. And you get the thinking tools and. Then you get an opportunity. Hey, if you want to join us, um, you apply. We don't accept everybody. Yeah, I know that you've
1: turned people down. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you got to because you want to make sure that that you have the right people uh, in the room. And we definitely have a strict no assholes policy. Okay. So, it it just is what it is.
1: That's fantastic. And if yeah. anyone has one, they got to go because it messes up everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. Have you ever had that one person that's in a group and yes. you're just like, well, They get invited to leave? Yeah. Yeah. Like you first guy. give
1: them an opportunity to coach them, and then they've got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because it affects affects everything else. Yeah. So, so where do you see all this going? Where do you see, like, where, where's the next step? Like, what's what's visionary down the road?
0: For me, it's uh, doing the consulting, mergers and acquisitions. I love doing acquisitions. I love turnarounds. And so as my service companies now run themselves, yep. I really see myself just going in and helping people get unstuck in exchange for equity. Um, I've got a client right now um, that I talked to, and, and he was like, it's foolish for us not to do this. Yeah. Uh, because you can take us from, you know, $400,000 in EBITDA to over a million. Why wouldn't I give you a percentage of your company? And then I'm fully invested. Of course. And and I set it up to where if I don't produce, then I don't get the percentage. It's based on, it's based on dollars past what you would do normally. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Here's your, Here's been your growth. Here's been your profit growth. If I'm not exceeding this, then I don't deserve to be paid.
1: I love it. So, so how does someone get a hold of you? To about that, if they're serious about sure. it, because people watching this right now, some serious people, A. Exit people, mm-hmm. so also some people that could use some help. Yeah. And I don't do that part of the business. One thing yeah. I don't do is a consulting. I don't get into people's businesses. I help them with their marketing. I help them with their sales. I help them yeah. with their life. I help them with their personal life. I don't touch that part. That's you.
0: Yeah. So, company180.com, company180. So, I can take somebody's company, flip it around. Um, the That's the webs- website? Yeah. Company180. Yeah. Company180.com. I'm glad it's
1: not 360 because you wind up in the same freaking place. Yeah. This is bad yeah. news. People, people people always say you have 360 <laughs> flip. I'm like, 360, you, you wind up back in the same place. Yeah. So, 180, complete turnaround.
0: Yeah. Complete turnaround. Uh, the website's not fancy because honestly, I don't use it as a marketing tool. Um, it's just a way for people to get in, in contact with me, schedule a call with me. Okay. Um, most of my stuff actually comes from referrals. I stay very busy just from referrals. People that I help go, hey, I know another guy that needs your help.
1: All right, that's perfect. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this, and, and, and thoughts here, last, last couple thoughts. Do you have any advice, that forget about the service thing, anything that you would say, meaning not the service industry question, what would you say to somebody that is on the brink of being what I'd call a wannabe entrepreneur, which means they want to be one, but they're not. They're not fake. They're just wannabe. They're in the IT business, or they have a job and they're doing very well, or they just have not taken their business from, from a truly they're the operator, like you were originally in the candy corn mm-hmm. thing, because that was, again, a job. You bought yourself yeah. a job that you were investing, and you were going to highly yeah. paid job. What advice would you give them other than just go do it? I would say from the need, psychology standpoint,
0: I think they need to just work on on their mindset. Um, really just find ways like plug in like this, the, the, the work that you do. Plug into that. Um, learn more about yourself and, and then fix, I, I don't want to say fix yourself first, but if you have if you're messed up in, in, internally, and, and, and not in a bad way, because I think everybody's got their their level of brokenness, but work on yourself, and then the, the next things will come. You know, work on learning how to communicate better. Work on, uh, you know, basic business stuff, finance. Um, learn as much as you can. That will give you the boost that you need to have probably the confidence to move forward and, and realize, okay, I can get this done
1: and that'd be the best thing to so work on you yeah so you and I are in alignment that's probably why we connected so well together because we're probably. in alignment on the same the concept my mentor Jim Rohn always said you know you work hard on your job you make a living you work hard on yourself you make a fortune yeah. and that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from all this so I really appreciate you you coming out today I'm excited to be at the huge event is there anything else that you'd love to share with everybody
0: no just plug in as much as you can um if you haven't read the book Average Sucks my gosh it is. It is a life changer.
1: I will take that any day of the week. That that uh, recommendation. I appreciate that. And that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, I would say the biggest reason we do we do is want to serve people. I've seen our niches. Is- Entrepreneurs that are not living to the potential they're capable of, but they get the big dream inside. Mm-hmm. If we could learn more ways to serve them better, so this served me today. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, picking your brain, getting you to come out here and share this is a major, major win for our company, a major win for the students that are gonna get a chance to reach out to. But you also give me a lot of really, really great stuff to think about. So I gotta tell you, Jonathan Maynard, absolute pleasure. Awesome, glad our passive crossed. I gotta tell you, Mike P made it happen. He picked up yeah. the phone and called a gentleman he hadn't spoken to in a long time that got me booked to speak at an event, and then you and I got got a chance to meet, and that's how the, the journey begins. Yeah. It's one person having the courage to reach out to somebody else, to put people in a room, and I don't know if it's a small world how we all meet us great people. I think great people all hang out in similar places. Yeah. So I don't know how much of it's like a small world. I think it's a huge world, but I think people doing great things hang out in just a few places. Yeah. And we gotta learn how to find more of each other. So yep. my man, appreciate you one more, one more. Thank you, appreciate you. Jonathan Maynard, check him out. Check out what's going on. Make certain to check out his website, and I will be in in August at the huge event, so If you want to come down, hang out, check out the booths, see what's going on. I'll walk you through the place. I'll tell you if you get a chance to check out what's going on in the old Opry land, because it's a cool place, get a chance to to see the event as well. So definitely get a chance to do that. I appreciate you being part of the show. Make certain that you go out there and live a life that is above average. And remember, average always sucks. It always will, it always sucks. And it's time for you to live an above average life. Go out there and go make it happen. Well, thanks for joining us for the Average Sucks show. And the big question people ask is like, Michael, what is next? And the answer is simple. Get Average Sucks, my brand new book. And the reason why I want you to have this is if there's things you want in your life and for some reason you've said to yourself, why am I holding back? Why am I not getting what I want? I know I'm capable of more. This book answers all of that and more. So go to averagesucks.com. Check out all the other stuff on the page. Got a bunch of bonuses for you. Get the book, read the book, and most importantly, follow the instructions. They're very simple. You'll finish this little book in in a couple hours. Real easy to read and it's gonna start showing you how to get more of what you want in this world. So AverageSucks.com and catch us on the next Average Sucks Show.